0: you're listening to Ready to Scale, the second season of That Really Happened. This season is focused on APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. Each guest on the show will reveal the assets they invest in and why they chose to do so. From multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, and more. Then, they'll uncover the processes, tools, and systems they've used to build multi-million dollar businesses. And finally... They'll uncover new, unique, and exciting strategies to invest in real estate, from co-working to buy and hold, fix and flips, co-living, and much, much more. Now let's get the show started. Hey guys, welcome to Ready to Scale. I'm Emily Perlman, your host broadcasting from sunny California. When I'm not behind the mic, I buy multifamily properties with passive investors who partner with me on my deals. If you are thinking about investing passively in real estate and you want to learn how to evaluate a deal, I created a free guide that walks you through the top five critical deal components that any passive investor must examine. You can find it on my website, www.elliepearlman.com. Now, one last announcement before we get into today's episode. If you are interested in investing with me, I'm actively accepting investors to my new deal, Element 41, which is 494 units in Marietta right outside Atlanta. So it's a great class B property in a very solid area and we anticipate between 7 and 9% cash on cash and 14% IRR. It's a beautiful property, very solid performance during COVID and it's a very very conservative deal. I invest my own money in this deal as well. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. This is a 506c raise and if you want to learn more about the deal, Go to my website, ellieperlman.com, or you can email me at ellie, which is E L L I E. So, ellie at blue lake capital.com. And of course, some disclaimers this is not an offer to sell securities. The full offer is going to be in the form of a PPM that will be sent to you. And I'm not a registered investor advisor every investment has some risk to it so you know always consult your investment advisor your CPA your lawyer etc all right let's get to it so today we're going to talk about the latest changes in the real estate market and I've done that before since covid started and every by the end of every month I shared what I'm seeing in the market especially in the multifamily market which is the market that I live in and so Now I'm recording, it's August 30th. So during the month of August, what I've seen is higher volume of deal flow. So since COVID hit in March, April, and half of May, there were literally no deals. The market was so frozen, I could count the number of deals that I saw still active on one hand, and I'm active in Texas, Florida, Georgia. And so we were kind of frozen in time and frozen. There was no, no deals were being bought or sold. And that was until I would say mid May. And then starting kind of, I would say around 10 or 15th of May, I started seeing more and more deals. And that trend has increased during June and July. and August, I've seen a pretty big move and a big increase in the volume of the deal flow. And it actually makes a lot of sense because as time passed, you know, as we have another day and another day, and another month going by where we can actually see how real estate is performing in general, how multifamily is performing in particular, and we see how solid multifamily is, buyers and sellers were able to see that occupancy is still high for the most part in class A and B, maybe not so much in class C and D. Collections, again, class A and B are very high, 93 to 95% 95%. nationwide. In our properties, it's between 93 and 99%, depending on the market and the property. And so basically made a lot of buyers more comfortable buying more properties. So that's the first thing that I've noticed during the month of August. The deal flow has increased significantly. A lot of the sellers that put their deals on the market and paused it during COVID, put the deals back. I see a lot of new deals. I see deals that were active right before COVID and then were taken off market. They're all coming back. There's a lot more deals that I see in the market right now. In terms of discounts, I would say I don't really see any discount. Maybe a little bit if the properties are struggling. But for the most part, the seller's point of view is, listen, discounts are supposed to mitigate the risk of acquiring a property and not being able to collect rents. But we've proven that during COVID, rents, Are increasing many times. Occupancy is high, collections are pretty good, pretty solid. So, a lot of sellers don't feel the need to really extend and and sell the properties at a high discount. The few properties I've seen closing during March and April, I've seen no more than, I want to say, three and a half to 4%. And right now, We just don't see any discounts because, as I mentioned, the risk is not as high. There's still risk, always risk. And, you know, even three years ago when the market was, when we were kind of peaking, there's always risk. But the unknown is a little bit more known, and that translates into very little to no discounts. So that's the the second part that I see in the market. Now, in terms of evictions, I want to say during... From the beginning of August, a lot of the eviction moratoriums have been lifted. The federal one hasn't been extended. And so you have different states like Florida that have extended the eviction moratoriums. Other states like Georgia have not. And so we actually are able to evict tenants that are not paying. And you definitely see the end of the eviction moratorium making an impact on properties. So I can tell from my point of view on my property, once the eviction moratorium was over, we initiated a letter to all the tenants that were behind the rent. And we said, hey, guys, guess what? Eviction moratorium is over and we are going to evict the tenants that are not paying. And that brought a lot of them to the leasing office and said, hey, we understand now that we can be evicted. We knew we couldn't until now. Here's my rent or here's 70 or 80% of my rent. Just don't evict me. So even if you're not really planning on evicting your tenants, you're able now in many states to issue an eviction notice because you have to give them 30 days notice, at least in Georgia. And, and the rules are kind of different depending on the state. But basically the realization that tenants are not protected by eviction moratoriums, now it basically helped us collect more rent. So, and I'm sure that other owners, other landlords are seeing the same thing because eviction moratorium is over, at least in the states that haven't extended the eviction moratorium like Georgia. Now, in terms of collections, collections are still high. I see a slight dip in the market and in our property when it comes to collections but it's still very high above 90%. So we see anywhere between 93 and 99% of collections on our properties and Atlanta is by far the strongest market when it comes to collections as well. The most important thing in my opinion is to be a very very hands-on operator. So we are not just waiting for tenants to come to us and pay their rent. When I read that the stimulus checks have been shipped and people were starting to get those stimulus checks months ago, I made a phone call to the property management company and said, you gotta send your people, knock on doors, send emails, send text messages to all the people who haven't paid their rent and tell them, we know that the stimulus checks have arrived once you come to the office to pay your debt. And a lot of them did. So it's not, you know, you don't have to be a genius pretty straightforward, just be on top of things. But collections in the market are are still pretty high. I still see in the market from the research that I've seen from the, the data that I'm consuming that class C and D properties are doing far worse than class A and B. I and Blue Lake Capital, my company, we only hold for the most part, we hold class B assets. So I I I can testify, I can tell you what's happening with Class C, but only from what I read and and from conversations with fellow syndicators and sponsors, Class C are not doing that great. It's not 50% collections, but it's Still, it can be in the 80s, maybe high 70s. It's not always in the mid to, you know, low to mid or, or mid to high 90s like we see in class B assets. Some class C are still doing great, but some of them are struggling. And it makes a lot of sense to me because the tenant base in class C, you know, a lot of them are working in part-time jobs or in a service industry. And those tend to get impacted by COVID, you know, the hardest, just the reality. So that's what I see in collections. Again, Class C and D are suffering, Class A and B are very strong. Uh, when it comes to collections, we see a slight dip compared to the previous couple of months. But this trend is still very, very solid. And the fact that Trump extended the unemployment benefits, that definitely helps you know, with collection and will help at least in the next several months. Now, what's going to happen next year with collections? nobody knows. But for now, it's pretty solid. Now, in terms of occupancy, occupancy is actually still very high. We see a little bit of a dip in the market when it comes to occupancy. On our properties, we actually see an increase in occupancy. But we're just, again, very hands-on operators. And we make sure that tenants love the team, you know, that we have on site. But occupancy, generally speaking, in the market is dipping a little bit. And that's understandable because so far you couldn't evict anyone. So nobody wanted to move because they knew if they lost their job, they can't just, you know, skip and go and live at another property because they are not going to qualify. They don't have a salary anymore. So tenants actually, their tendency was to stay put and not move. Now that you can start evicting, we see a slight dip in occupancy because of that. Again, it's still very high. I don't see any property in the market that goes down to 60 or 70 percent occupancy, you know, down from 95. But you have a slight movement. Sometimes you see markets with an average occupancy of 95. Now it's 94, 93. Still very high, but we definitely see a dip. And I think it's a temporary dip because once the economy is back to normal, which we don't know when it's going to happen we're going to have more people applying in and fill up those empty units. Now, the last piece I want to talk about is the bad debt or what we call delinquencies, which are all the unpaid rents and fees. This number is actually going up a little bit in our properties, but also in the market. And it does make sense because as time goes by, you have more months of more tenants that are not paying the rent and not paying the fees so i would say that since the eviction moratorium has extended in one property we're able to collect 50 to 60 percent of the outstanding bad debt because now tenants knew that they could be evicted so they rush to the leasing office and pay their debt. But generally speaking just from, you know, looking at deals around me and analyzing their financials, I do see an increase in bad debt. It only makes sense because you have every month you have more people losing their jobs and so you have more people that, you know, still can't pay their rent. It's still I don't see a major You know, huge delinquency right now. It could be a little bit too early. Normally speaking, you know, anything above 3% of bad debt, I would say is pretty high. So we don't see, you know, anything around 3%, generally speaking. But of course, there's some properties that, you know, their bad debt increased. And again, this only makes sense. So if you take everything that I've just said, you know, you have more deals no discounts and with bad debt increasing, however, you can evict tenants, collections are high and occupancy is still high in multiple markets, then you can kind of understand what's going on in the market. It's not the profitability of the property hasn't been impacted that much right now, meaning, you know, in our properties, we are still very profitable. We're hitting our performa and sometimes exceeding it even during COVID. Even with the increase of bad debt, even with the fact that, you know, there's every month we have a little bit more people that, you know, lose their job but you know there are ways to mitigate it if you are a very hands-on operator if you're being creative and you find ways to increase your income for instance offer reserve parking which you didn't offer before and if you make sure that you can renovate units and bring tenants that can still pay because not everyone is impacted by covid then the premiums they're paying can balance out the bad debt and the rent that you cannot collect but this is just, you know, my thoughts and kind of what I see in the market during August in the multifamily market. It's still very solid. I think right now it's the most resilient asset class when compared to office, retail, all the other asset classes that are out there and there's a good reason for it. But this is basically what I see as a sponsor. I hope that that gave you, you know, a little bit of value that you understand kind of behind the scenes of, of how we experience it and how we see it. And that's it for today. I hope to talk to you and see you on the next episode.